0: Take your Bibles tonight, if you will. Let's go to the book of Luke, chapter number 16. Luke, chapter number 16 tonight. A very familiar portion of Scripture in Luke, chapter number 16. While you're turning there, uh, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this right here. Um, Somebody said, Brother Davis, is is your ministry to the Mormons? Do you have a Mormon ministry And I know it sounds funny and it sounds kind of strange, but the answer to that question is no, God did not call us to the Mormons. You say, Brother Davis, well, 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 that sure does sound odd. Well, here's here's where I get that from. Uh, You remember when Jesus was walking around on the fishing docks that day and he looked out across there and saw the disciples. Man, they'd they'd done come back and they was washing their nets. You remember that's when Jesus called the disciples out, right? He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of Mormons, right? That's not what he said. He said, Follow me and I'll make you fishers of Baptist. That that ain't what he said either, is it? He said, Follow me and I'll make you fishers of what? Yeah. Fishers of men. And that's what our ministry is there in the state of Utah. We are fishers of men. See, see, I I don't care whether they're Mormon. I, I don't care whether I, I don't care whether they're Catholic. I, I don't I don't care whether they're Lutheran, uh, uh Muslim. I, I I really don't care. You know why? Because I don't think Jesus cares. Right. Because he shed his blood for all right matter of fact Bible says that God's not willing that any should perish but that all will come to repentance that tells me that Jesus died for every man woman boy and girl regardless of race regardless of color regardless of uh, their background regardless of what religion they come out of Jesus died for everybody is that right He died. And so uh, our ministry is to men. Our ministry is to whosoever. Hallelujah. Man, I'm glad we serve a whosoever will God. Amen. Uh, It's because of that that I can be saved. Amen. And it's because of that that we're fishers of men. How's that look in the state of Utah? We're going to cast a net. Amen. Uh, How many of you has ever cast a net? One. Well, this ain't going to work too good if somebody else don't raise their hand. S- somebody just raise your hand anyways. Okay, we got a couple more, brother. Amen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank y'all. I said that in Texas, and I didn't know it was illegal down there. I thought I was going to jail. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> anyways, uh, if you've ever cast a... Man, you gather that net up, and you give it a whirl like that, and it's supposed to fan out across the water, and and, and it's got weights all the way around the outside edge and whenever it fans out across the water it begins to sink and whatever's in that net when you pull that rope tight it's what you catch right now, this is how it looks in the state of utah we're going to whoo, preach the gospel in cast net. amen and and we might we might catch a catholic while we're there might catch a luther might catch a mother might, might even catch a baptist while we're there amen y'all know everybody says they Amen. I uh, heard some of them old-time preachers, man, they'd walk in a Baptist church and sometimes, man, they'd say, they'd, they'd walk in and they could tell just by conversation as they walked down the center aisle, they, they'd get up in the pulpit and they'd say about 80% of this church is lost just from conversation. Amen. Everybody says they're Baptist, ain't say, amen. We're fishers of men, whosoever will, amen. So y'all pray for us. We've got some prayer cards back there, please. Get one and remember to pray for us. If by chance my family slips your mind, please don't forget to pray for the people in Utah. Amen. Pray that God would soften their hearts before we ever even get there. We've already got a building. We are planning on moving in April. Um, We've already got a building, free and clear. It's paid for. It is our building. We will will be uh, starting and launching the Mount Ogden Baptist Church in Ogden, Utah in May. May. Of 2022. So, y'all, please pray for us. We're about 83% on our support right now. Pray for the people in Utah that God would soften their hearts before we get there. Amen. Not to make it easy on me and my family, but to make it easy for them to hear the gospel and to respond to the preaching of God's word. Amen. Luke chapter number 16 tonight, when you find your place, I'm going to ask you if you will stand, if you can and will, if you're able. If you're not, you can stay, keep your seat. Uh, Luke chapter number 16, and I'm going to begin reading in verse number 19. Very familiar passage of Scripture right here. I'm going to read just a few verses, and we'll, we'll, we'll preach through the rest of the chapter, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read just a few verses here for the sake of time. Luke chapter number 16, verse number 19. The Bible says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. I'm going to stop reading right there tonight for sake of time. Uh, There in verse number 23. But I want to preach on this subject for just a few moments tonight. Uh, Pastor said, uh, I've got till about 10 after 8, and that leaves me 29 minutes from right now. Amen. I want to preach on this thought for just a few minutes tonight, the reality of a place called hell. I believe, uh, as we've traveled around the country, we, man, we've we've been traveling around the country since January of last year. Uh, during all this COVID stuff, uh, uh, even even now, uh, when things have seemed to loosen up just a tad bit in some of the churches, uh, man, we, we've 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 done a lot of traveling. It seems like in the average Baptist church that we're in today, not everyone. There there are some exceptions, but in the average baptist church that we're in today it seems like man there's a lot of singing about heaven and and there's a lot of preaching about heaven and i like it man I, I i like it i like singing about heaven uh because i'm going there one day amen i like preaching about heaven why uh because it's in the bible and and that's going to be where i spend eternity at i like it but in all that i believe we've 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 lost the notion or at least become numb to the fact that hell is just as real Amen. Hell is just as real and that real men, women, and boys and girls that die lost without God are going to this place called hell. I believe if we'll get a hold of this fact tonight that hell is still real, amen? It's not some fairy tale that 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 the cartoons have tried to make it out to be with the little, little red devil with the little little pokey horns and, and, and little pokey tail and standing there with a pitchfork and, and, and with a big grin on his face. Hey, listen, hey, there's no family relationship reunions in this place called hell there's no parties in this place called hell hell is a real place just like this rich man said he is in torments in this place called hell amen I want to preach on that thought for just a few moments tonight the reality of a place man I believe if we'll get a hold of this it'll change our lives it'll change the way we, we, we react to our community it'll change the way Oh, man, it'll change the way we try to reach our community. It'll change the way we try to reach our neighbors, our co-workers, the folks down at the Walmart. I'm talking about the folks over at the gas station. Man, it'll change the way that we talk to people about the Lord. Amen. The reality of a place called hell. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you, Lord, tonight for your grace, for your mercy. God, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, to be here tonight, God, at Maria Baptist Church here in Puyallup, Washington. Father, we thank you, Lord, for Brother Reno, Lord, his stand. And God, Lord, his leadership, his guidance here at the church. And Lord, I thank you, Father, for what little time I've known him, Lord, for his friendship. And God, I pray, Lord, that you bless this church, God, for the labors, Lord, like you already have. And God, I thank you for that. But God, I pray, Lord, you continue. Lord, to have your hand upon this church and continue to bless them uh, for the work that they're doing for the cause of Christ here. God, tonight as we come into the house of God, Lord, as we've read the word of God tonight, Lord, as we get ready to preach, God, I pray, Lord, you'd touch my lips tonight, God. Help me, God, to say everything that needs to be said. God, also I pray, Lord, that you'd help me not to say anything that don't need to be said tonight. God, I ask you, Lord, tonight that you would open, uh, open our ears, let us hear the word of God Lord, open our eyes. Let us see ourselves like you see us. God, I pray tonight, Lord, that you'd open our hearts. God, help us to be receptive. God, I don't want to stop there. Father, I pray that you would help us to be doers also. Father, tonight I also pray, Lord, above all things, God, that you would get the glory out of it all. Father, we'll thank you for all you do now in Jesus' name and for his sake we ask and pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. You Be seated tonight. The reality of this place called hell. I'm going to jump right into it tonight. I'm going to give you three things by way of illustration. Then we'll give you three things uh, 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 in the message and we'll be done and we'll go to the house. Uh, Number one, by way of illustration, uh, as we look at this text that we have just read tonight here, this very familiar portion of scripture here in Luke chapter number 16, uh, we find that there are two main characters in our text. Uh, as you, as a preacher, as as a Bible student, or or as a Sunday school teacher, you 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 know that whenever you look at a text, you begin to dissect that text. You begin to take out the characters that are part of that text, and take out the message that's in that text. And as you begin to dissect that text, we get what God wants us to get from that portion of Scripture. Uh, we find that there are two main characters here in this text tonight. We find that there's this rich man. Uh, and this beggar named Lazarus. Now, I'm not going to say anything new tonight. I'm not going to say anything that your pastor hadn't already told you or hadn't already said or hadn't already preached or hadn't already taught you. I'm just going to be a second witness to everything he's already said. Amen? Uh, but tonight as we look at this, two main characters. in our, This is not a parable, by the way. Uh, this is not just a story that is used to teach a biblical truth. Uh, this this is uh, a biblical account of these two men's lives and where they are at right now as we speak. Amen? Uh, that, that leads me to my next thought. Uh, this is not just something that happened uh, 2,000 years ago or 2,500 years ago. Uh, this is something that is still happening right now as we are sitting here in the house of God tonight. I uh, See, this rich man is not out of hell. Uh, he has not escaped the torments of hell. He is still there right this very minute. It's still happening right now. As we look at this text tonight, we find these two men. Uh, first of all, the Bible says that there is a certain rich man. Uh, the first thing I want you to notice tonight by way of illustration as we begin to look at this is these two men live two different lifestyles. There's a certain rich man right here. And then the Bible says that there is a beggar named Lazarus. Man, I'm talking, you can't get much different than that. Amen? Uh, on one hand, you've got a rich man. The Bible says uh, that he was clothed in purple and fine linen. Pastors, I know pastors already taught you this. Uh, anytime you find the color purple in the scriptures, it's always a symbol or, or, or a resemblance of, of some type of leadership position or royalty in most cases. Uh, We don't know what this man's position is right here in the scriptures. It don't say. But just from the threads that he wore, uh, the the purple and fine linen, uh, we know that he was in some type of leadership position. Uh, The Bible tells us he was a rich man. Then we've got this beggar named Lazarus. Man, he uh, uh, can. Can you imagine in, in, uh, this? This rich man being in this leadership position, man. Y'all have heard these words, man. Uh, all the whining and dining and fine dining, man. Can you imagine this rich man? Uh, man, uh, he'd cook the finest steaks, and man, he'd have the spread out there on the table, and, and yet the Bible says he just begged for the crumbs. Uh, man, I'm talking about two different lifestyles. Begged for the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. But not only did they live two different lives. Well, let me just say this before before we move on right here. The Bible says that the rich man fared sumptuously every day. What that simply means is this right here. That word sumptuously implies that he had, not only did he have enough, but that word that he fared sumptuously implies that he had more than enough. Any of y'all ever have more money than what you knew what to do with? Come on now. Not me either, but I'd like to try A time or two, anyway. Somebody, somebody said not long ago, said, Brother Davis, I'm working on them. I done gave up on my first million. Hey Amen, I'm working on my second. I done gave up on the first. <laughs> hey, hey, but he had more than enough. Then we got a beggar named Lazarus. Man, can you get it now? This rich man, he's got, he's got a gate around his house. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that Lazarus was laid at the rich man's gate. He's got a gate. I don't know too many poor people's got gates. Amen. We come in in this house over here tonight, and our boys, uh, they, they said, now this house needs a gate. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, uh, but Lazarus was laid. He couldn't even walk. He was laid at the rich man's gate every day. I'm talking about, man, they lived two totally different Lifestyles, amen. The only comfort as, as a rich man sat up there in his comfort uh, house, man, I can just imagine, man, he's sitting there in a lazy boy, kick back, and man, he's he, 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 he's sitting there with a cup of iced tea, and, and I, I, can't, I mean, come on, now, he's a rich man, amen. And the only comfort Lazarus got was when the dogs come by. Two different lifestyles. But not only did they live two different lifestyles, watch what the Bible says. The Bible says this right here. Uh, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Not only did they live two different lifestyles, but they died two different deaths. See, the Bible says that Lazarus, when he died, he was carried by the angels. All the Bible says about when, when this rich man died, the Bible says he was buried. Amen. I mean, I, I can, I can uh, you know, if, if they did funerals in, kind of like we do them today, I mean, he's going to have some family members come along, and, and they're going to carry the casket and and, and things like that. Uh, he's going to be carried by his family. But well, man, that ain't nowhere near like being carried by the angels. Amen. I ain't got no family members that's angels. <laughs> Amen. Uh, my wife says she ain't either. <laughs> Amen. Uh, uh, listen, lived two totally different lifestyles, but died two different deaths. Lazarus got carried by the angels. And this rich man, he just got buried. Amen. I, I've got to move on. Uh, they, they, they lived two different lifestyles. They died two different deaths, But then watch this. Uh, Lazarus uh, the beggar died and was carried by the angels Into Abraham's bosom The rich man also died and was buried And in verse number 23 as we continue The Bible says that in hell He lifted up his eyes They lived two different lifestyles They died two different deaths But when they died they went two different directions Amen Now let me preface this right here by saying this Abraham's bosom another bible name for it is i'm sure your pastors already told another bible name for this place called Abraham's bosom is a place called paradise amen this place is no longer there amen you 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 you've read your bible you, you remember reading when when jesus left the very portals of glory left all heaven had to offer and come down and, and, and to be born of a virgin and and, and 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 born and and laid in that in, in that lowly manger and, and you, man y'all remember reading that right we just come out of the Christmas season. Man, we probably heard it 15 or 20 times just over the past couple of weeks. Amen. Man, especially if you've watched Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or something. Come, I'm kidding, y'all. Come on now.
1: <laughs> get out now, Brother
0: Davis. No, I'm kidding. Hey, listen. Hey, uh, uh, Charlie Brown, maybe. Hey, man. Uh, hey, listen. What I'm saying is this right here. All right, get this now. They went two different directions. Hey, you remember Jesus, born of a virgin, walked this earth as, as, as all man, yet still all God for 33 and a half years. And might I add 33 and a half sinless years? Amen? 33 and a half sinless years. And then he was led up Calvary's hill as a lamb going to the slaughter. Amen? And there he, hey, hey listen, they didn't kill our Lord there. Hey, they didn't kill him. The Bible says that he laid his life down. I can just picture him laying his life down. They got up there and laid that cross down on the ground. I can picture him willingly laying on that cross as they began to nail his hands and nail his feet to that cross and then plant that cross in the ground. He laid his life willingly for you and I. And the Bible says when he gave up the ghost, they... Buried him in a bar of tomb. They placed him in that bar of tomb for three days. And then he rose again on that third day. Amen. And the disciples, man, when they got down there that Sunday morning, uh, he got, they, they got down there and, 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 and it surprised the fire out of them that he wasn't there. I don't know why he told them that he was going to raise again. Amen. I mean, he told them, he said, they're going to destroy this temple, but in three days I'm going to raise it. Is that not what he said? Man, it shocked them that he did exactly what he said he's going to do. Just like it does us a lot of times, amen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> come on now. I ain't, I ain't preaching to my, just to myself tonight. I am preaching to myself, but not just to myself tonight, amen? Mm-hmm. Y'all people just like I am, <laughs> amen? But buried in that barred tomb, come, r- rose up out of that tomb on the third day, Amen? The Bible says something happened 40 days later. He he ascended into the clouds, but something happened right before that. The Bible says that he descended first. Is that correct? He descended first. The Bible says that he led captivity captive. What that means is he went to this place called Paradise, this place called Abraham's bosom. He went there and he took those people to heaven with him. Amen. That place Abraham's bosom is not there right now. Those people are in heaven with Christ tonight. Amen. Hey, listen. The Bible tells us uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Not to be absent from the body is to be in Abraham's bosom. Amen. Uh, That's where they're at now. Abraham's bosom is no longer there. That's where the angels took this man named Lazarus, this beggar Lazarus. I'm talking about they went two different directions. Amen. But this rich man lift up his eyes in hell. Amen. That ought to be our first clue tonight that hell's real. Y'all believe God will tell a lie? No? Y'all be surprised. We talked to a man the day before yesterday that did. He was a Mormon over in Idaho. Asked him about the scriptures and he said, "Well, we don't we don't believe all that that says. He believed he believe God would tell a lie, but Joseph Smith wouldn't. Come on now, oh listen to me. They went two different directions. I want I want to preach with the help of God, the reality of this place called hell. First thing I want you to see tonight, when dealing with the reality of this place called hell, is simply this." Look in verse number 22. The Bible says, And it came to pass that the beggar died. And then that last phrase right there, The rich man also died. When dealing with the reality of this place called hell, Death is sure to come. How many of y'all believe Jesus is coming back? Oh, I believe it. Amen. Somebody said Jesus is coming soon. I don't know about soon. The Bible says he's coming quickly. Amen. Now I do believe he can come soon. And I believe he's going to come soon. But the Bible says he's coming quickly whenever he does come. Amen. Amen. Uh, There's nothing else on God's prophetic timeline that has to take place before Jesus comes back. He can come back tonight. He can come back before I get through preaching. He can come back before I walk up that platform to get the next point. He can come back right now. But we know he's coming quickly. Amen? You say, Brother Davis, what's this got to do with anything? Simply this. If Jesus don't come back in your lifetime, death is how you'll go to the grave. I mean, that's pretty simple anyways. That's just simple talk. Listen, we'll we'll leave this world by way of the grave. Death is sure to come. Listen to me. If Jesus don't come back, I mean, y'all realize that the older you get, the faster time flies? I'm 46 years old. I can remember a day when I thought 40 was it. When you hit 40, you might as well go ahead and start digging the grave because it's over. I'm I'm being honest as I as I know how to be tonight. Amen. I really thought 40 was it. I mean, at 40 years old, you're done. You might well retire because I mean you just ain't no good no more. I'm 46 now. 65 ain't looking bad. Amen. <laughs> hey, 75 ain't looking real bad. I remember a time and I'm going somewhere with this okay y'all y'all I remember a time when I was 16 17 18 man I'd climb up on top of a roof just so I could jump off. Now I'm afraid to climb up on top of a roof because I'm afraid I'm gonna fall off. Amen <laughs> hey, what I'm saying is this, time is short. There's a time factor involved when dealing with the reality of hell. There's a time factor involved. You say, Brother Davis, what are you talking about? When you take your last breath, it's over. When your heart beats for the very last time, it's done. There are no do-overs. In this life, uh, there, there's about thirty percent of folks living here in the United States of America that believe you'll have a chance to follow God after you die. And that that poll was taken a couple years ago. I, would, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt what it might be a little bit higher now, but but i thirty percent is what the poll said a couple years ago. There there, there you, there's no second chance. Amen. There's no. Second chance What you got now Is all you got This is it And where you spend eternity at Will determine Or or will be determined By what you do with Christ Right now While you're still breathing While your heart's still beating Amen There's a time factor involved here Hey listen You're not getting any of the time back That's already gone all you've got left is from now till your life is over. I've heard some young people say, oh, preacher, I, I've got my whole life to live ahead of me. I mean, have y'all ever heard that before? I agree with them. I, I, I absolutely agree. You've got your whole life to live. But, you know, you can travel up and down these roads, and you can go to every graveyard from here to wherever. I used to say Timbuktu, but there's, there's really a place called Timbuktu, and, and so I don't say that no more. Um, uh, but but you every hey listen on those tombstones there's two dates and a hyphen and that hyphen represents that person's whole life, amen. But if you'll notice some of those numbers are a little closer together than others, amen. But that hyphen still there represents that person's whole life. So you've got your whole life to live ahead of you. You really do. But what's the Bible say about your life? It's even a vapor. That appeareth for a little while and then does what? Vanishes away. Vanishes away. See, some people's vapors are a little bit longer than others. Let me give you a little illustration right here, and I got to move on. I got eight minutes to finish, two more points to go. Give you an illustration right here, and I'm moving on. Some people's vapors are a little longer than others. Me and my wife, we got some friends, had conjoined twins just about two years ago. And those two little girls, when they were born, their vapors was three days. That was their whole life, three days, about that long. I had an evangelist friend over in Kentucky. He was home on uh, on, uh, on the weekend, didn't have any meetings that weekend. Uh, Him and his family, man, they were out there in the front yard playing. Had a little boy named Jack, you might have heard about him. Uh, brother Keith Boyles over there in Kentucky. Uh, a little boy named Jack man they were out there in the yard playing Jack uh, the mailman had come and Jack wanted to go check the mail. How many of y'all went and checked the mail at eight years old? Man, I did. I went and checked the, man we'd walk across the street and checking the mail a lot younger than eight Jack well, hey, he, said, he said just don't get in the road, Jack and Jack walked to the edge of the road looked both ways. And he saw a car coming. never step foot in the road. But what he didn't know was the woman that was driving that car was traveling over 80 miles an hour and was drunk as a skunk. Hit little Jack and killed him on the spot. A whole lot worse than that, but killed him on the spot. His vapor was eight years. My mom died in 1998. Died of a heart attack in the middle of the night. Her vapor was 43 years. Forty-three. So y'all follow me where I'm going with this? You've got your whole life to live ahead of you, but you don't know when it's over. Amen. It could happen. Hey, listen, it could come to pass before you walk out of this door tonight. could. Preacher, you can't prove it. You can't prove me wrong either. It's happened before. Amen. Well, I'm saying, hey, listen. There's a time factor involved when dealing with the reality of this place called hell. I, I got to move on. Uh, number two, uh, when dealing with the reality of this place called hell, watch what the Bible says. The Bible says, "In hell, he lift up his eyes." In verse twenty-three, being in torment, he so seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom, and he cried and said, "Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame." Not only is there, hey, listen. Not only is there a time factor involved but there's a torment factor involved when dealing with the reality of this place called hell I don't have time to get into all this tonight But I just want to give you one of the torments that the Bible teaches about. Now, I'm going to tell you this tonight. I don't understand all this entails. Amen. Uh, Praise God, man, I ain't got to find out either. Hey, why is that, Brother Davis? Hey, because I ain't going there. Amen. I'll never know the torments of hell outside of what God teaches us right here in the Scriptures. Look what he says right here in verse 24. Uh, He said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. There's no mercy in this place called hell. No mercy. Hey, listen, I've got to cover this. If I don't get to the last point, everything's going to be okay. Amen? Hey, listen, I've got to cover this. Y'all understand the difference between grace and mercy. Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. Amen? Grace is when uh, the Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the grace of God. Grace is Romans 5, 8, where the Bible says uh, that God commended his love toward us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for it. That's grace. Amen. That is grace. Mercy, mercy is a whole whole different thing by itself. Mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. See, the fact is tonight we're all born sinners. Amen. We're all born contrary uh, to God. We're, we're hey, listen. We're born. Hey, listen. You, you didn't become a sinner after you was born. Hey, you're not a sinner because of the things you've done. Hey, you're a sinner because you was born that way. Amen. You've done the things you've done because you are a sinner. Amen. We're born and because we're born sinners. Every one of us deserved to be in hell tonight with our backs broke and gasoline poured all over us. That's what we deserve. We got God's mercy. Matter of fact, let me just say this. I've never, y'all, if y'all don't understand this, I'll try to explain it after church. I've never not known mercy. Does that make sense? There's never been a day in my life where I've not, Known mercy. Man, God's good. Amen. Amen. But there's no mercy in hell. I, for the life of me, cannot wrap my mind around that. Because all I know is mercy. <laughs> all I, that's all I know is mercy. I've, I've, never, I've never seen God not give I'm talking about with my two eyes. I've never seen God not give mercy. Never. But There's no mercy in hell. Well, Davis, how do you know? Because a rich man said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Whew. Man, I can't wrap my mind around that, preacher. I cannot wrap my mind around no mercy. There's none there. Nothing there but torments. Oh, there's so much more right here. I'm going to give you this last one and we're done. The Bible goes on to say, not only is there a time factor involved, there's torment factor involved. The Bible says, But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he's comforted and thou art tormented. Beside all this, uh, beside all this between us and you there's a great gulf fixed So that they, which would pass from hence to you cannot Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. And Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father That thou wouldst send him Who's that him? That's Lazarus He called him by name over there in the other verse He said, send him to my father's house For I have two bre- or five brethren That he may testify unto them There's a testimony factor involved right here Two different accounts I'm going to give them to you and we're done Number one You've got the testimony of this rich man right now in the word of God Telling you that he is in the flames of hell He's tormented in this place He is telling you that hell is real But in the context of the scripture that we've just read It's talking about the testimony of this man named Lazarus He said send Lazarus to my father's house Let him testify to my five brethren Is that what it says? How did the rich man know that Lazarus could testify? Could it be that he's heard it? A little, uh, a little farther, if we'd have read on, it said, uh, if, if somebody go to him from the dead, they will. Do what? Repent. Not only did he know that Lazarus could testify, he knew exactly what Lazarus was going to say. I'm going to say this and we're done. It's 8.10 right now. Okay? Say this and we're done. Is somebody in hell right now screaming for you to go tell their family about Jesus? This rich man was screaming for Lazarus. Brother, what's your name? Right here. Andy. Andy. Is somebody in hell right now saying, send Andy to my father's house. Send Andy to my family's house. I I know what he'll say when he gets there. Send him to my, my, man, they need Jesus. I know what he's going to tell them. Or are they down there right now saying, don't send Andy. Don't send Andy over there. Hey, all he's going to do is talk about fishing and hunting. All he's going to do is talk about the next car race or the basketball game. He's going to talk about what happened on Fox News the other night. Don't send Andy. He won't tell them about Jesus. The question is this. Folks in hell tonight are more concerned about missions than the average Baptist church. Why? Because they know hell's real. And they know that people that die lost without God go there. Amen. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, if sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with their arms wrapped about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let no one go unwarned or unprayed for. Where are you at tonight in dealing with the reality of hell? Father, thank you for your grace and for your mercy. Thank you for the word of God tonight, Father Lord, I pray. God, that you'd use this to speak to hearts tonight. Lord, that you'd get glory in Jesus' name. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, as a pastor comes. Let's all stand tonight. Have the...